Well, for years, Otani has bailed out the Halos pitching, but it was the Halos hitting that bailed out Shohei's pitching in yesterday's game. And we'll tell you how. It's time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shohei can't be perfect all the time, right? Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts, and the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified when a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app. You can download the Game Time app right now, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Thanks for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john hey mike it is uh fan mail friday our favorite day of the week because we get to answer your questions the questions of the lockdown angels listeners and viewers it's our second season here with you at lockdown angels we're very happy to be here with you uh before we get into fan mail friday though mike we got to talk about that roller coaster of a game that happened yesterday yeah it was uh shocking to see shohei otani struggle because he hasn't oh, struggled so weird. in 49 innings. He has not given up more than five runs. Yeah. But then in yesterday's game, he does that. The Angels do win 8-7. to seven. They're 14-12. Yes. and 12. This is exactly what we needed. This is exactly what we asked for. Would have been great to have those two games that we lost to the Royals and the A's go in our favor. Mm-hmm. But... It is what it is. 14 and 12 is great. And we're only trailing the Rangers now by a bit in the AL West. They got Otani, swept by the Reds, by I the way. I know, I know, I know. It, Otani, six innings pitch, eight Ks. And Johnny had three hits on the offensive side and just missed a homer oh, for the cycle. And Wayne Randazzo so had the greatest call. And then the ball dropped right before the wall. And he yep. says, and it's out by the wall. Oh, it was, it would have been just a spectacular call. So great job, Wayne. I love him on the call on the TV side. Uh, Johnny cruised. Otani cruised through those first three innings. And everybody was like, uh-oh, this this is going to be bad for the Oakland A's, yeah. right? And then the Angels spot him five runs in the bottom of the third. It looks fantastic. And then it looked as if he was just maybe overheated. Maybe he was just kind of tired because he had been out on the base pass. But, man, he really struggled in the top of the fourth, overthrowing some pitches. Uh, he threw behind a guy. And it looked like 2018 Otani there, didn't it? Mm, yeah, that did remind me of when he first got up here. I can't, I couldn't identify what was going on. Some people said that he might have slipped when he threw a pitch. Maybe he was out on the base paths too long, out in the hot sun, because sure. that bottom of the, the the third, he was out there for a pretty long time on the bases, right? And right. so maybe that had something to do with it. I mean, gosh, Mike, it, it, you just, you expect Otani to just cruise like he was in those first three innings. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, he can be human. And right. that's okay, because even though he gave up that, that five spot, well, the Angels battled back. And, yes. and again, I will say it over and over again, that's something that previous year's teams would not do. They no. would not get back the lead for Shohei. So it was incredible to see them trudge on. And man, taking us to to Drury duty is Brandon <laughs> Drury. Uh, he's been the best player of this series, Mike. A couple more hits, a home run, three RBIs. Mike, he has uh, surpassed Garrett Anderson in terms of as many RBIs in one series with 12. Now he did have the extra game. Garrett Anderson's was a three game series at 11, but still just an incredible breakout 
for Brandon Drury, and I've already had some criticism. It's against the A's. And again, I'll go back, look at the pitch selection, and yeah. tell me he couldn't do that against somebody else because he sure. could. Right? Sure, and and here's the, here's the bottom line. Like, this is what we're supposed to do against the A's. So sure, yeah, it's against the A's. This is what he's supposed to do because if he didn't do it, people would say, he can't do this and we're playing the A's, right? right? So it's a, it's a lose-lose for him. John, when you talk about last year's team, there was a moment that was last year's team and then yeah. there was a moment that was different than last year's team. The moment that reminded me of last year was Renjifo when he messed up that double play mm-hmm. and and got the air. That looked a lot like last year's team and Renjifo was a part of some of those moments last sure. year and I, I, gosh, I just, you know, he had a great at bat in the fifth with the bases loaded. He drew a walk. It was a very different at bat for him, super mm-hmm, patient. Mm-hmm. And then he throws the ball away later on in the game. And so he's a guy that is just frustrating because you know what he has the potential to do and he's just not doing that. And then there's always that narrative that's underlining Renjifo and it's the David Fletcher narrative. Like, mm-hmm. Should we have David Fletcher up and should Renjifo be back in AAA? What do you think? Well, you're sacrificing offense for defense and you're getting exactly yeah. what you asked for when you have Renjifo on this team. There's a couple things here. Everybody said, well, Quijada gave up hits. Number one, Gio Rochella, he dove for that ball at short, couldn't get it. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Maybe Neto makes that play. I, I guarantee you Neto probably makes that, but Gio's pretty capable as well. Then Renjifo, they're saying, oh, well, Quijada was getting hit hard. That ball to Renjifo was 86 miles an hour off the bat. Yeah. It was not a hard hit ball. Yeah. And he didn't get in front of it, Mike. It, right. It, he turned his body away and, and right. was trying to catch it that way. You got to get in front of those things, man. You got to be a hockey player out there. You got to be a goalie. Uh, look at me who has never played a professional <laughs> baseball uh, talking about it. But You'd I just be a good goalie, though. I think you I think, I think you got so. The, I think you got I'm not the afraid. Forward. Come on. Yeah. Throw it at me. Hit me again. <laughs> but listen, uh, my concern with that whole situation was – Neto was given the day off. I yeah. understand that. Yeah. But homie's 22. If you asked him to go out there and take Gio's place at short, he would do it. Sure. Then you can move Drury to second. You can move Gio to first. You have the ability to make those defensive changes. And I would have liked to have seen that in yeah. the inning that Quijada came up to pitch. So I, I really don't give Quijada the the bad rep here. Like to blame him. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, here's where it was good. That Rendon jumping out of his mind mm-hmm. and getting the ball, like that ball finds its way to the outfield on last year's team, right? Yes. That that ball, it goes to the outfield. They end up tying the game and it's eight to eight at that point and Aaron Loop completely falls apart. Like that's what happens. But yes. Rendon jumps up, stabs the ball and then saves the game and keeps it at eight to seven. And it was a game saving play. Aaron Loop almost inherited a runner or let an inherited runner score without even throwing a pitch, Mike. Right. He, he balked in his first move up there. Right. Like a right. good grief. <laughs> it's just, it's mental for him, isn't it? It's just, there's something yeah. that's mentally not right. Like the confidence isn't there. He said he was pitching scared against the A's earlier this year. Remember that? And then here he is again. Every time he comes out, it just seems like he's not settled. He's not comfortable. It's always something. He's not okay. It's always something. And, and that, I think, is more than just like a physical issue. That's the stuff that's really hard to adjust to and fix. Remember a few years ago, I don't know if you remember Chuck Knobloch, but he played for the Yankees, right? Mm -hmm. And he could not throw. He played second base, could not throw to first base. Hmm. And they struggled with 
teaching him how to do that again because he had made a couple of errors in a really pivotal game. And then for a time, I don't know how long it was, maybe our Locked On Yankees friends will be able to tell us, but man, Chuck could not throw to first base. It was mm-hmm. it was a game to see if he could get the ball over there. He was underhanding it at certain points. Yeah. And so that's a mental game. And I think with Aaron Loop, it's probably 99% mental for him right now. Yeah, so again... Aaron, Aaron Loop out there, he did get the job done. No, nobody came around to score, but that was uh, due to that great play at home plate, that great decision from Gio Rochella to Love go that. home with it. Yep. And then Rendon stabs that one out of the air, which was incredible to see. Uh, where's all the Rendon haters? I haven't heard from them lately. It's I quiet. Heard, yeah, it's really Off, quiet. Awfully quiet. <laughs> kind of nice, kind of peaceful. Yeah. And then, Mike, uh, Carlos Estevez gets the save, maybe closing, moving forward. It'd be nice to see him come in and That's a good move. actually take that role. But, Mike, we can't gloss over the fact Shohei Otani almost nearing history, <sighs> getting the cycle, not just a, what they call a natural cycle, where you hit a single, then a double, then a triple, then a home run. Yeah. Uh, but doing it as a starting pitcher, the only major league starting pitcher to do so. That, to me, I've, we've talked about, like, what's next for Otani. Of course, like a Cy Young would be great. Right. And maybe even winning MVP and Cy Young. Man. Get a cycle when you get a start on the mound, dude. Would that would be the next big thing. Oh, I would have loved Tani. to have seen that. You know he's yeah. going to want that from now on. Now that he came that close, <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to be like, all right, next time I'll go and get one. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, the Angels start a three-game series in Milwaukee against the Brewers tonight, 5-10 Pacific time. Tyler Anderson is looking to bounce back, uh, and you can catch every pitch of that game on the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. And coming up on Locked On Angels – According to John Heyman, who, uh, you know, we're big fans of. Questionable. (laughs) uh, There's a source within the Halos that said there's no chance, no chance of trading Otani this season. Are we buying that? We're going to talk about it coming right up. Locked on Angels is brought to you by the Game Time app. If you're looking to go to a sporting event, Maybe listen to some music, a comedy event, theaters. Game Time app is the fastest and easiest way to buying tickets. This app offers great deals on last minute tickets and guarantees best prices. On the Game Time app, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. You can see the image of where your seat is before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And you can discover the lowest price guarantee and even get event cancellation protection tickets are sent directly to your phone you don't have to dig through your email to find them so grab tickets without all the stress with the game time app you can download this app right now create an account and use this code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms do apply and again create an account and redeem the code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off download the game time app today last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen today. Hey, Lockdown Everydayers, make sure you join us every day next week as we recap the Brewers series. And of course, we always take your questions all throughout the week. Again, tonight, the Angels are playing the Brewers at 510 Pacific time. So catch every pitch on the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Johnny, it is Fan Mail Friday, so let's yes, get sir. to the voicemails and the questions. Let's get to it all right Here now. Go. Hey, Mike and John. I'm a big-time listener. My name is Micah from Santa Clarita. Question for you guys. Since these uh, most of the players are so, so young this year, other than, you know, Trout, Rendon, Tyler Anderson, get a couple guys in the bullpen, 
do you think that the pressure of playing to win and thus having more of a chance of keeping Otani is putting maybe unfair pressure on some of these younger guys like Taylor Ward, like uh, Zach Neto, and the other the other guys they've brought in, um, and some of the younger prospects. Do you think that's putting too much pressure on them, considering um, just how much news uh, attention they get? Yeah, it's just something that's been on my mind, and I don't want these players to be so stressed out, um, especially a young pitching staff as well. All right, thanks a lot. Big fan. Have a great day. Bye. Micah in Santa Clarita, thank you for sending in your voicemail and giving us a call. Great to hear from you. Thank you for listening and being a Locked On Every Dayer here with us on Locked On Angels. Mike, pressure to win on the young players on this staff to get, number one, Otani to stay, and number two, the narrative, Mike Trout to the playoffs, is there pressure on these young guys? I think they're feeling some sort of weight, and I think for hmm. those young guys, I think the pressure first is to perform. I think they want to stay there. Neto wants to stay there, right? He yeah. doesn't want to get sent back down. And and so I think that the pressure to perform is there. I think that also on the pitching staff, I think the pressure that they're feeling is to be perfect because the offense hasn't necessarily come through hmm. and had those add-on runs and you saw what happened in yesterday's game, they actually did get those add-on runs and come through. And so I think that there might be some sort of pressure that they're feeling like, Hey, we got to get this team to the playoffs. We got to get this team into a successful, successful, successful rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wonder if that Otani pressure is on them. And if it is, I know it's not coming from Shohei. It's probably just more their own feelings about it. But it seems like there's a calm, cool, collected vibe right now with all the players. And you saw Shohei jump out of the dugout two games ago when the Angels were coming back, and he was excited to see them score. So I think that there's probably the normal pressure. I don't know if there's any added pressure. I think for fans, we're feeling it for every win and loss. I'm just not sure if the players are. I think that the pressure probably is more personal and wanting to perform than it is about Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. I think you made an excellent point and I don't want to gloss over it. And that's the fact that if there is pressure, it's not coming from Trout and it's not coming from Otani. They would be the last ones to want their young players to feel pressure in this season. Right. But if there is pressure, it's a pressure to perform. It's a pressure to be good because this is a very good team. Yeah. And I think you saw that pressure get to them maybe in game one when Rendon had that, that, altercation with the yes, fan yeah. that to me screamed pressure and so yes as much as there are a lot of young guys on this staff all indications are some of the older guys are, are feeling it as well but like you said Zach Neto coming up and just performing he just wants to be there and do well and so far, so good with Zach Neto. John, uh, a friend, Scott Freeman from Twitter, always comments, has some great things to say. He said, uh, John Heyman, your favorite person, claims <laughs> and Los Angeles Angels insider says that there's 0% chance that the Angels trade Shohei. And he wonders if we buy that. Mm. Do you buy that, John? Is there 0% chance of any sort of trade with Shohei? I mean, that's going to come from Artie Marino because he's gone on the record of saying he doesn't want to be the one who traded Babe Ruth and then be cursed for 100 years like the <laughs> yeah. Red Sox, right? At the same time, if there's a record in which they need to be trading him and realize that they're out of it, what is it, 20 games behind below right. 500? Yeah. I mean, yeah, what's the line, I guess, would be the yeah. question, right? Because even if they're uh, at 500 or even a few games under 500, 
you don't trade him, right? No. You go for it. And you so it, for it. you almost have to be like this, this team sucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to be really, really terrible by, I would say all-star break. I would say all-star break is kind of going to be my moment where I'm kind of evaluating. Mm-hmm. And if I'm still in this thing and with the way the AOS is lining up right now, everybody's kind of, we're all tight right now. So yeah. if I'm in this thing, I'm going for it. And there's no way I'm trading Shohei. And you look at what the Phillies did. We say it all the time on this podcast, Mike, you look at what the Phillies did last year. They went all in, they went for it. And they got to the World Series. They didn't win, but that's what happens when you get to the World Series. Yeah. You just want to get there. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. So, yeah, I'm not sure about a win-loss record that tells me, oh, time to time to sell and trade Shohei. Because then you also have to, also have to consider you're probably trading Gio Rochella and Hunter Renfro. Right. And you're also trading uh, some of the starting pitching. Right. So all of the, those things kind of go out the window when you are in a place where you need to trade Otani. I think if they trade Otani, then the whole team gets blown up at that point. Yeah. Uh, next question is from All Weekend on on Twitter. Uh, should we call up Trey Cabbage or should we wait? And then following up with that, Vin Russo and Vince Russo? Like like the booker? <laughs> no, from not that wrestling? guy. No, not that guy. Okay. Bro, bro, bro. Okay. <laughs> wrestling reference there. Uh, he mentions Trey Cabbage. He said Trey Cabbage can play outfield and first base. The guy has two more dingers from the game that he saw from the night before. He's hitting 370. He did that the last year before the injury. Why is he not in the majors, Johnny? (laughs) Mike, I think that's a great question. I think Jake Lamb should be the one who's in AAA, and they got to give Trey Cabbage a shot because why not? I think now is the time to see what he can bring to the table in case you need him again later on this year. It might not be a permanent stop on the major league journey. However, with Jared Walsh not back yet, there's room for Trey Cabbage on this team. And, And honestly, Where's Jake Lamb been? He's not been in the lineup every day, and right. he's very rarely in the lineup. Not and a defensive replacement. Yeah. No, he's certainly not the the most capable at first base all the time. But listen, to, to for Trey Cabbage to be called up, he's a lefty bat. He's played 101 and a third innings at first base this season. Mike, he's hitting 441 Jeez. against righties. That, tell, that screams to me, bring him up. And yep. listen, I understand it's Salt Lake. But we also had players not doing very well at Salt Lake who got demoted. So if you're going to say that numbers are inflated, well, you also have to say that, hey, bad players are bad players and good players are good players, right? Good hitters are going to be good hitters no matter where. So even if you took 100 points off of that 441 against righties because it is an adjustment to the major leagues and the altitude is not the same as in Salt Lake, it's still like a 341 against righties. I'm liking that. And 81 plate appearances. He's got seven home runs, 18 RBIs, three walks, 18 strikeouts, a 382 average, 420 on base, 763 slugging, and a 1.183 OPS. Mike, I think it's time to bring him up and see what he's got, especially if uh, they want to continue to drive in runners in scoring position the way that they have been over the last few games. Today's show is brought to you by the Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. If you think you can do a better job than Perry Manassian, then download this game right now. It allows you to manage every strategic aspect of your franchise. And in the simulation, you're responsible for a lot of really fun things like hiring right coaches and staff, managing the finances, scouting and drafting players. Are you going to bring up Trey Cabbage? Are you going to sit Trey Cabbage? What are you going to do? You're going to manage through difficult personalities and injuries. All of this in a challenging and realistic gaming world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free, playable offline, 
and you can play on the go whenever and wherever you want. And Locked on Angel listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use this promo code Locked On in the game store. So download the game right now. You can do that at probaseballgm.com. You can scan the code if you're watching on YouTube or just go to the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. The ultimate pro baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Okay, Mike, we got a few more questions here for this Fan Mail Friday before we get into the weekend. This one comes from Carson West. He said, question for you guys. Do you think Corbin Burns' value on the trade market has gone down after his rough start to the season? Mm. With how the Brewers are doing, do you think they'd be willing to make a trade for uh, with us for players like Joe Adele and Jose Suarez? Mike, I did a little research. Here's what I found. The Brewers, have three, <laughs> the Brewers have three outfielders in their top five prospects and seven outfielders in their top 15 prospects oh wow okay uh, jackson uh, Ch- uh ooh, i don't know how to say that one jackson <laughs> chorio uh, is 19 he's in trip uh, double a and he's estimated to arrive in 2025 and he has a future value of 60 from fan graphs future value is a grade on the 20 to 80 scale that maps the anticipated annual war production during the player's first six years of service so how much war they okay. will contribute to a team. So he's at a value of 60. Wow, that's and, high. That's good. Yeah, he's, okay. and, and he's the, the the top outfield prospect here. Now, so considering that, I don't know that Joe Adele has a place in the outfield for the future, but the Brewers outfield is not doing well offensively. Christian mm-hmm. Yelich is still struggling. Uh, you know, he's never been quite the same since his MVP season. So Joe Adele could be a right now piece for them. Otherwise, I think, that if we're going to make an exchange with the Brewers, they're going to want some minor league pitching. And we do have a surplus of that. We have an abundance of minor league pitching. So a trade for Corbin Burns to help us out right now and give away some of our future. And then you still get some years of Corbin Burns. And it's all indications seem to paint a picture of the Brewers not paying Corbin Burns. That right, eventually right. they will trade him away to shed that potential salary that he will get. I feel like the Angels are somebody who would definitely pay Corbin Burns to be. Okay, so let me push back on that because I went and looked at the Brewers' stats because obviously we're going to be playing them starting tonight and this right. weekend. The reason why they are where they are, first place right now, and have won the games that they've won is because of their pitching. And so I don't think that they're going to trade away a guy with so much potential and Mm. so much performance in a Corbin Burns. I don't think they're just going to trade him away because they're struggling offensively. I think that they're actually going to lean into their pitching a whole lot more. We're going to get a better look at them tonight and this weekend, but it wouldn't seem, at least at this point, it wouldn't seem smart or wouldn't seem wise if your pitching has been leading the way. It wouldn't seem smart or wise to get rid of your best pitcher. Let me push back on the pushback. Push! They traded Josh Hader to the Padres when they were in the middle of a playoff push. Their, True. Their elite closer, they gave him up while they were still hanging around a pl- potential playoff spot. So yeah. well, I don't know listen, what the heck they're doing over there. <laughs> I, I, I want to push back your pushback. I want to oh, push you on. around. Uh, and, and I think Hader, Hader was struggling a bit. And I think that that's a part of it. Why they got rid of him is they were able to have some – hey – he didn't struggle uh, my, until he got to San Diego, come, and that had to do on. with he was already he was already struggling, and I, and then San Diego he was already you don't roll your eyes at me I'm going to tell mom he was already <laughs> struggling, and I think that that's probably why there was probably a contract conversation as well. I think that right. that had to do with a lot of money. It just doesn't seem like a team would make that move 
if you have a guy like Burns or like a Otani, right? Like you wouldn't trade them if it's been the thing that's carried you so far. So I'm right and you're wrong. What's the next question? Stranger things have happened. All right, Tyler Shipley, YouTube uh, on Instagram said, Thice is hitting the ball hard. Do you think his offensive upside matters more than Wallach's defense? Mike, what do you think? Well, Thice performs really well at Angel Stadium, historically. Mm -hmm. On the road, he's really terrible. And so I think that what we're seeing from him is twofold. He's comfortable at Angel Stadium, and it's been the Royals, and it's been the A's. And so I I think that his offensive offensive upside does actually cause people to lean in his direction a bit, bit, but and his left-handed bat. But I think that I would lean into Chad Wallach behind the plate because Mm -hmm. he has made contact. But Wallach is just a solid force behind the plate. Mm-hmm. And and I still have those images in my mind of Thice having the catcher interference in yeah. Boston yeah. and just derailing that game completely. The entire game, yeah. So here's, here's my thoughts on this. Look, we're in a position where we need both of them right now. So we might as well roll with the two of them until right. you know, Max Stassi comes back or what have you. Thice, lately, his bread and butter has been the breaking ball, Mike. He's hitting 571 against breaking balls. He's seen 28 of them. Wow. The launch angle for the breaking ball is right in the sweet spot for a breaking ball, which is 19 degrees. And the exit velocity that Matt Thice is getting on breaking balls, 104 miles per hour. So wow. he's ripping the cover off the ball. And you look at a game like yesterday, Chad Wallach behind the plate for Shohei Otani. I love that pairing. I liked Thice and Sandoval together the day before because they've got some history together, obviously, from their minor league days. So I think right now we actually have a pretty good balance between somebody who can be an offensive catcher and find it and somebody like Wallach that you really trust behind the dish. Johnny, we talked about David Fletcher earlier, and this question actually references Fletcher. Do you think that there's a chance that we can see Fletch in the everyday lineup? Obviously, he's an elite defender, but he swings. His swing is like a swing of a pool noodle. <laughs> I loved. I love that one. Yeah. I, I think what you said earlier is is really appropriate. Like, w- what do we need? And that's going to determine what we do, right? And mm-hmm. so, do we need some offense, like a Renhifo offense, or do we need David Fletcher's? defense. And I think mm-hmm. that what we saw is having him ride the pine and come in occasionally was not good for him, at least offensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's getting those reps and doing pretty well in AAA. I'll have to go and look at the numbers, but uh, from all indications, it seems like he's had some good nights so far in AAA. But again, if you're going to have a day like this, where you need Zach Neto off his feet at shortstop and you have Gio Rochella there and you need somebody to play second base, I I, I make the swap for Renhifo right now, Mike. I, I think yeah. Renhifo in AAA is fine for the moment and have David Fletcher be up because you know what you're going to get with him on defense. And again, if he's not in there every day, then his bat is a non-issue. And and if it's an occasional start like Renhifo's been getting over the last few days, then you're using David Fletcher in a pretty good way, I have to say. So sure. uh, I, I just trust him more than I do uh, Renhifo. All right, last question of the day, Mike. Carl Kirby on Twitter. Big fan since our Super Halo Bros days. He's a he's a day one kind of guy, Carl Heck Kirby. Yeah. Uh, he said, when will the Angels have bobbleheads that are not Trout or Otani? I'd love to see Renfro, Rendon, Neto, Ohapi, Sandoval, Stilseth, Detmers, other bobbleheads. Seems like all the promotions are either Trout and Otani. Where's our where's our no hitter Detmer's bobblehead, Mike? That's ridiculous. Where's yeah. our Jared Walsh cycle bobblehead from last year? We didn't get any of those. I think that that is just an indication of like 
the pulse of the fans, right? Mm. Like we're not just going to show up for Otani and Trout. We're going to show up for the Reed Detmers. In fact, I would show up for a Reed Detmers bobblehead for the no hitter because I love Reed Detmers. I would show up for that. And I think that there's probably a sense in their PR department and coming up with like their promotions department, trying to reach the like furthest fan from the angels, which I get, but I think that you're going to get a better crowd if you nod to those fans like you and me and those that are watching and listening, right? Like again, a Reed Detmers or a Jared Walsh or something along those lines, right? A Patrick Sandoval, like, like I would show up for those. And that's totally. what the angels did in the early 2000s. There was a, there was a Peter Borges bobblehead. Yes. <laughs> right? And if they're going to do that, then I, I'd love to see what like the attendance was for that night. Because yeah. I think that people would show up for that stuff. Cause I know I would. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see more options in terms of bobbleheads. I even got a, I got a trout cycle poster from 2013 that I, I think came out a few months later or maybe the 2014 season, but I got it. And, yeah. and yes, it's trout, but it was early trout. But at the same time, like, let's celebrate the accomplishments of our players on the mound. And, and even if they don't do anything spectacular, we love who these players are. I would love a Sandy bobblehead. I'd yeah. love an Ohapi bobblehead. I'm really jealous that the trash pandas have that Ohapi bobblehead <laughs> down there. And so how do I get one of those? Please send us one trash pandas. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen today. The Angels play tonight against the Brewers. So we're going to get to see their pitching staff and we're going to get to see their offense and if it's good or if it's bad. And that game starts at 510 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with the Sirius XM app. Just search Angels on the SXM app. Easy for me to say. Again, search Angels. Hey, thanks for being here for this episode of Lockdown Angels. You can give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. We hope you have a great weekend, but to prepare you for Monday, what do we have on deck for Monday's show, Mike? All right, so we're going to look at Friday, Saturday, and Sunday's game against the Brewers, but we're actually going to really pay attention to Suarez's start because remember, Nevin said it's start to start, and if he implodes, then we're going to implode on our show on Monday, and we're going to talk about how Chase Silseth needs to take over for Jose Suarez or somebody, right? So we're going to talk all about this weekend on Monday on Lockdown Angels. Hey, friends, thanks for being here for this episode. We will see you on Monday. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thank you for being here with us and we'll see you back here on 